the following episode discusses anatomy dissection lab. I'm going to be talking about cadavers, dead bodies, bodily fluids, organs, etc. There's a lot of TMI. Too much information in this episode. So if this is not your thing, this is your time to tune out. You have been warned. Happy 2020. Happy new decade. Happy post-holiday season. I'm talking about the second week of January, you guys. <laughs> it's January 8th as of this recording date. I'm still on my winter break and I am loving every freaking second of it. Let me tell you that. Um, for those of you guys just tuning in, I'm a first year PT student and I've had about seven straight months of school. Very, very intensive school, mind you. And it's very, 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 very nice to just sleep in and do whatever I feel like right now. So I hope you're enjoying your time as much as I am. That being said, anatomy nerds, I have something that I need to talk about today. Why today? I don't know. But I've been wanting to do this before the experience gets too far away from me, and that is cadaver dissection. God, I know, what on earth is possessing me to talk about this? Well, if you're a healthcare student, or if you have been, or if you plan to be, this is also going to be, or will be, or has been a significant part of your schooling experience as well. So, again, before this experience gets too far away from me, I have some reflections that I needed to discuss, wanted to get out, because these are kind of thoughts that were passing while I was doing the work of dissecting, and um, I'm done. I just finished anatomy. I had three courses. We had upper extremity, lower extremity, and then axial um, skeleton, and I gotta tell you, there is nothing in the world that is a similar experience to dissection. For better or for worse, I may never do it again. And it is probably the weirdest thing I have ever done in my life. <laughs> so without further ado, here are six things that I learned about dissection. Number one, everybody deals with dissection a little bit differently. There are different parts of the body that we're all sensitive to. There's different things that we find really cool. And you may not really know what that is until you get there. For example, um, we had three different cadavers in our lab that we were working on. And we had two that were already dissected from years past and, and preserved. So we had different bodies in different conditions, but um, of the three cadavers that we had, we had two males and one female. And the two males were pretty obese. The female was extremely lean and 
They were all elderly. We didn't know how old while we were doing the dissection, but we later found out that they were all in their 80s. Um, we kept their faces covered the entire time and we kept their genitals covered whenever we could. So that helped to depersonalize the experience a little bit, but I found that in our groups, we all had different things that we either really thought were cool or really felt we could have passed <laughs> on those things. Um, for example, our class has 35 people and we are divided into two different lab groups. So there's about four people, three to four people working on a cadaver at a time. And in my group, there were, well, we switched around a couple times, but there was one guy in our group and then um, me and another girl. And when we were doing lower extremity or abdominals, working on the male cadaver, uh, we did have to get pretty close to the pubic area. We were trying to expose the origins of, let's say, a ductor longus or a pectineus and, um, you know, the adductor group. And um, there were times when our instructor said, no, no, you need to get closer to the genitals. So even though we had a towel on our um, guy in the group, he was pretty set on just like letting us ladies handle that and, um, you know, understood. <laughs> um, for me, I'll get more into this later, but uh, the skin and the hair was by far the, the hardest part for me. Um, I remember doing this in undergrad when unfortunately we had to dissect animals. Um, this was my first cadaver experience. Uh, so when we had to dissect a cat, I remember the very first day coming in and thinking that, I don't know, I guess I wasn't thinking, but I didn't realize that we would have had to take the fur off the cats. It's hor it was horrible. Okay. I'm, I'm a huge animal lover. In fact, I'm a vegan. So this was a really, really horrible thing. <laughs> um, I love science and I love animals and this was the only way for us to do it. So I felt like I had no choice. Um, I didn't know that there was another junior college across the way that had actual human cadavers. If I had, I probably would have gone there, but bygones. Anyway, for me, I remembered that skinning the cat in undergrad was the hardest part and it didn't change for the humans. Um, the very first day of class coming in and having to basically open the back by taking the skin off of the cadaver was absolutely horrifying. Um, and uh, also, yeah, hair. Hair and skin are very personal to people. So even though we're keeping the faces covered, keeping the genitals covered. Um, those are very personal things to people. And it wasn't until after we got under the skin where the experience started to depersonalize a little bit more. So everybody deals with different parts differently. Everyone's sensitive to different areas or interested in different areas. Um, as far as interests go, I found that 
the internal organs were my favorite part. Yes, I'm going to be a physical therapist. I'm going to be dealing with nerves, muscles, blood vessels, and tegumentary more than internal systems. But for me, like the internal systems, the brain, the lungs, the heart, oh my God, the pelvic floor organs, that, that was the icing on the cake for me. Just who really gets to see that unless you're in the healthcare field? Like nobody. Um, and I try to describe the textures of these things to anyone who will listen to me because it's so different than what you might think. Number two, everybody has anomalies. Now this was something that was super exciting for me to learn because I have been a body positive yoga instructor for several years. And as part of that, I've been telling people for years something that I was able to confirm visually with the cadavers, which is we all have different things going on in our bodies. So not every posture is one size fits all. In fact, none of them are. So things like different joint angles, different um, areas of thickness on the bones based on stresses in your daily life or even down to the organs. This, this is something I thought was incredibly fascinating. So for example, we had one cadaver, the lady, who was very lean and throughout the entire dissection, everybody wanted to work on her because the cuts were very easy, because there wasn't a lot of tissue to get through. And um, even not only was she lean, she had very little musculature as it was. So it was very delicate dissecting her the whole time. And yet when we finally got down to the lungs, the rib, the rib cage, the thorax, we were surprised that she had a giant heart. Her heart was so big, even to the point where, you know, I asked the professor, is this normal? This doesn't look like it fits her body, which later we would learn she did have heart disease. So you wouldn't think by looking at this woman who was just like your typical little old lady who was so delicate and yet she had heart disease. So, you know, you never know by looking at somebody what is going on inside of them. And that goes mentally, physically, spiritually. You just never know. So you can't judge a book by its cover. So that was something I thought that was really, really incredible to see firsthand. Number three. Starting a new section of the body is so much different than once an area has been exposed to air. Now this may seem like a, yeah, of course, kind of statement, but for me, I've already mentioned that the skin was the hardest part, and part of that is because each time we would get to a new section, it was fresh. Of course, these bodies have been treated, preserved, formaldehyde, etc. But each time you get to a new section, you're exposing it to air for the first time. So that tended to be when the tissue was the freshest. It was, 
you know, the fat was the juiciest, which was really, really difficult for me. The skin was the most supple. So for us, every time we kind of got to a new part of the body, which would be like every other day, maybe every two sessions, because we would, you know, first have to open a section and then do a series of work within that section before moving on. So let's say, for example, we, we did the knee one day. We'd have to do a little bit of work to expose some of the things we wanted to see in the knee before getting down to the lower leg or the foot, for example. So for us, um, yes, we were using solutions to keep the tissues fresh as we went along, um, but even that exposure to air tends to dry things up. So for me, like working on a section day two was always preferable to working on a section day one because I wasn't a fan of, of the juiciness of the new sections. It was one of those things that kind of turned my stomach during this process. And it was also one of those things that was kind of a reminder that I was working on a human being, that I was working on, you know, something that was once alive. Once it got a little bit more dry, that's when it kind of started to feel more scientific, more like, uh, not an experiment, but more of like a, a scientific project that I was working on. But when it was fresh, it was just a little bit too lifelike. And that wasn't something that I ever really adjusted to. Number four. So number three is a good segue to number four. Once you have been in the dissection lab, there are things that you can only talk to your classmates about. As much as you might want to share with your family, your friends, certain things, there are going to be things that people do not want to hear. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to visualize it. They don't want to know it. They don't care. They don't care or they care so much that they can't. They just can't even. They can't deal. So there are going to be secrets between you and your classmates and your professor that stay with you forever. Now, some of these secrets I'm sharing with you because you, by opting into this episode, have agreed to hear it. <laughs> but even then, I'm not gonna tell you all the things because even then it's like TMI, you don't wanna know, right? But for example, the whole fat skin thing that we all have established is a thing for me, don't like it. One of those things, one of those reasons is, is that we had to scrape fat from skin scrape it off. Sometimes we spent the entire lab section scraping fat off of skin or organs in order to expose the parts that we really wanted to see in order to get to the abdominal muscles or in order to get to the thorax. We had to get through fat and lots of it and it was juicy and it sprayed and thank God for safety goggles and face masks and lab coats and all of those things. I never, ever, ever, ever got specimen on me, on my skin. Thank God. But if you're not careful, 
it could happen. Not fun. So that is something that I cannot share with like my mother, for example. Other things. The gallbladder is the most beautiful color of Christmas tree green you have ever seen. It is like crystallic green. It's like green uh, sparkles on a sugar cookie. I, I can't even tell you. The, the, the gallbladder is the most beautiful, beautiful color of green. But is that something that a lot of people want to know? Probably not. In fact, the more food references you make to parts of the body, the less people are going to like you. <laughs> so I apologize for ruining sugar cookies with green crystals on them for you for the rest of your life. Hopefully, because Christmas just passed by next year, you won't remember that. But just in case. Sorry, my bad. Um, What else? The brain. My God, I've already mentioned that I love organs. I love them. Love them. Holding a human brain in my hands was probably top three moments of my life. I don't know what really could top that other than like the birth of my niece or, you know, what whatever. I, I, I can't identify the top two moments, but like holding the brain was probably top three. Holding a uterus is like top four. Um, I posted something about it on Facebook because I thought, my God, this isn't gross at all. Like everyone's going to think, oh my gosh, how cool is that? She held a brain. My mom was making spaghetti or something when she read that and she will like never forgive me for ruining spaghetti for her. I didn't even say, it's not even like spaghetti. It's not. It's more like jello texture, I guess. But you know, um, my mom will never forgive me and she probably thinks of brains every time uh, she eats spaghetti. So sorry, mom, my bad. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I got to say, this is something that I learned in undergrad during the cat dissection because I had, thankfully, another friend um, who was taking prerequisite courses at the same time. She wasn't taking anatomy yet, but she kind of understood what I was going through. And I literally told her on day one of dissection. I remember sitting on the curb in front of the grocery store, like, hey, I got to talk to you about something. And this is the first moment when I realized, like, she's like the only person I can talk to about this. There is literally more than one way to skin a cat. So these are just things that you discover along the way, that there are people who don't care. Um, and you can tell them anything, like my next door neighbor, she loves to hear this shit. She really does. Um, my mom, like if I even bring up the word anatomy, she like has to hold back her vomit. <laughs> so, you know, there's just, you learn what people's threshold is. And never just start a conversation with like, guess what I did in anatomy lab today. Give people a chance to opt out and they will like you better for it, honestly. Number five, 
Now this one is more of kind of a fascinating thing that I learned. It's not a friendly tip on how to keep all your friends while you're in anatomy and things like that. It's more just like, wow, this is this is really cool. Um, adipose tissue, fat, deposits like everywhere in our body. It's fascinating. Um, as I mentioned, we had two cadavers who were quite um, rich in the adipose tissue. And that tissue would deposit in places you would never think. Like embed in the middle of muscles and things like that. So like if you just assume like, yes, of course, there are areas which are more fatty, like if someone has a lot of abdominal fat or things like that, but fat gets everywhere. It, it does not discriminate it. It will hide out in places you wouldn't even think. I don't know. It was just kind of fascinating. Um, the body is full of wonder, <laughs> I guess is the moral of that story. And last but not least, number six. This is kind of like an overall summary of my experience in anatomy, which is I enjoyed it, but not as much as I thought I was going to. And I want to qualify that statement, which is maybe you gathered that by some of the other things I've already mentioned. You maybe were like, oh, she doesn't sound like she was so into this class. But to be honest with you, I entered PT school thinking that someday part of my future would include being an anatomist or an anatomy professor, I should say. I definitely want to teach um, as well as practice, but I don't think I want to spend the rest of my career in the cadaver lab. I was actually really shocked to learn this about myself because I'm kind of one of those people that I thought couldn't be grossed out. I mean, I, I used to be, but um, like there are, you know, just not a lot of ways to embarrass me or to gross me out. I can tolerate, I have a high tolerance <laughs> for a lot of that stuff. And I was pretty surprised to learn how often I kind of had to pull myself back during anatomy lab. And I'm still fascinated by anatomy. I, I um, enjoyed the experience of learning from cadavers. Um, I think they're an absolutely essential and unique tool that is irreplaceable in terms of medicine and healthcare. Um, but I was surprised to learn that I don't enjoy cutting. I don't enjoy the actual dissecting part as much as I thought it would. Now, I'm not, not to say I'm like a freaking Hannibal Lecter, like, oh, yeah, I love cutting. No, um, I would not let this hold me back. There were definitely times when I participated when even other people didn't want to. But... Um, 
I think I was just moreover surprised by the amount of times when I did it even though I didn't want to because I held the experience of learning to a higher um, tier than my own personal comfort. And, you know, a lot of that, yes, had to do with um, the juicy factor that was really (laughs) honestly disgusting to me. Um, But, uh, of course, as I mentioned, the opportunity to see parts of the body that, um, like deep organs and things like that, irreplaceable. You know, like probably my, besides holding the brain, my favorite day of dissection was getting to dissect the pelvic floor. Now we left the the muscles intact. We went from the internal aspect. So we approached the pelvic floor from the top of the bowl, basically took out the organs. And um, considering that pelvic floor physical therapy is an area of interest of mine. This was a completely unique experience and we happened to be rotated to the female cadaver for that day. So it was extra special for me to take out her uterus, to hold it in my hand, to see how all of those organs are so intermeshed, how the, the, the rectum and the uterus are bound together by fascia. Like it just, brought open new information to me that couldn't be explored any other way. That all being said, um, I just didn't love anatomy. And by the end of it, I was kind of, I don't know, um, adopting a mentality of like, okay, this, I just need to get through. (laughs) You know, and uh, I think a lot of my cohort maybe had the opposite experience than me. Maybe they went into it kind of, some of them kind of going into it like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then they really appreciated the experience where for me, I appreciated it, but I kind of reversed my um, desire to do the cutting the longer it went on. So you just never know. Um, how you're going to feel about it until you actually get in there. And um, if I do get asked to be a TA for next year, which I don't think I will because I think I know who they're going to ask and she would be perfect for it. Um, But if I was to be asked in the past, I really wanted to be the TA for next year. Not anymore. I'm pretty much good. (laughs) So anyway, um, Those are just some early reflections of mine. I may do a follow-up to this if I have more time to think about it, or I may talk more about practicalities of certain things, but um, these are just some reflections that I wanted to get out there before the experience got away from me. And um, just a couple of resources if you are interested in anatomy, if you might be going into healthcare, or if you just kind of want to learn more about about, the experience of being in a um, dissection lab. There is a great book that I highly recommend. It is by the author Mary Roach, and the book is called Stiff. And it's about the the life after death of a cadaver. 
So she doesn't dedicate the whole book to um, Dissection Lab, but the very beginning of it, she does talk about, um, she, she observes, I think, a medical school and how they deal with dissection. And so that I read a couple years ago. I think it was before I did the cat dissection. So I was trying to kind of prepare myself for that. And it was hard to get through, I have to admit, but I was so glad that I had read that chapter before having this class because it had mentally prepared me for things. Because let me tell you that first moment when they, you know, take the sheet off and you have to pick up the scalpel and you realize what you are going to be doing with that scalpel for the next several months. For me, it was pretty daunting. And it's kind of one of those things where you have to turn off the back of your brain and all the things going through it, like, oh my gosh, this was a human being, this person was alive, I'm about to carve them up like a turkey. Um, You have to do something in your brain to get past that experience. So this book was very helpful for that. And then secondly, there is an exhibit that maybe you've heard of, maybe you've gone to, maybe some of you haven't, you're not aware. It is called the Bodies Exhibit. And it was traveling for a while. I think there are a couple of permanent installations and I think um, one of those is in Los Angeles. But it is basically dissected cadavers that are, you know, posed in ways that um, they're in poses of people doing actual things. So for example, there's maybe like a guy who's getting ready to shoot a basketball, for example, and you can see all the different muscles, and all the fashion, all the nerves. And I went to this twice a couple of years ago before, um, or, or like during my first anatomy class, and it was the coolest thing. See, for me, I'm okay looking at the cadavers. I just don't want to cut them. So that is something you might want to look into. It's called the Bodies Exhibit. And I think there's maybe also one in Las Vegas. I'm not sure exactly, but um, look into that. So those are some of my reflections. I have a lot more, but maybe another episode for another day. So thank you for listening. And again, Happy New Year.